The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. I never had an ambition of running an agency, and certainly not one of this size. But it just happened, and I found myself, I guess, trapped in it, really. Motherhood and everything in between. The people that practice gratitude, they're more positive, they're more able to deal with the ups and downs of life. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent, and I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices, and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. I kind of felt that it was a bit empty compared to what I'm doing now. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. I'm so excited about this week's guest. Susie Glasky is a very old friend. I've known Susie for a long time and what's amazing about our relationship, our friendship, is that Susie and I worked together many moons ago in PR. I came and worked for Susie when she set up her PR company, when it was just literally me and her in a small box room in her house. And that was about 16 years ago. And I worked with Susie for a long time as she grew her business. And she really tells us about this journey of starting this sort of one-man band of, um, you know, her PR company and actually creating something that was not something she wanted to do anymore and how she gently um, and quite dramatically had to step away from the business and how she re-found herself, rediscovered herself after the loss of her father and what that then brought to her life, her career And we really sort of do a bit of a delve into the journey that we've both experienced. And I really have to hand it to Susie that she is definitely a mentor of mine. She's helped me um, on my own journey, leaving PR, also going into sort of this holistic lifestyle wellness coaching. We've taken so many paths together. We often don't even discuss things. And we realise we're reading the same books. We're doing similar courses. We both trained in EFT tapping. We've got a huge fondness and love of swimming outdoors, nature, paddle boarding. I mean, the list goes on. There's so many similarities. And we discuss that. And I really enjoyed this conversation because Susie's also got a podcast, which is Wellness Unwrapped. It's a fantastic podcast. I listen to it religiously. And we very often choose quite similar guests. It's very funny. So if you are looking for another podcast, and um, Susie has fantastic guests, so I'd really recommend checking her podcast out as well. So this is my chat. I don't even think it's not even an interview. We just have a great chat. and We kind of really discuss lots of different things that we've, we've noticed throughout our lives, similarities, the crossovers. And I think you're really going to enjoy this. Susie's very inspiring, really down to earth, very easy to connect with. And she's doing a great job doing her own type of lifestyle wellness coaching as well. She's a functional lifestyle coach. So slightly different to what I do, but her, her knowledge is exceptional. And I will leave all her details in the show notes. So here's my chat with Susie Glasky. This week is a really special one for me because I've got a really old and good friend. You're not old, but our relationship, our history is old. It's Susie Glasky. And 
to be honest, Susie, we've known each other now, I think it's sort of like nearly 16 years, maybe a bit longer than 16 years. Um, yeah, because you were pregnant, you, you were with your first child yeah. when I met you. Yeah, and Susie, you were actually the first person I told that I was pregnant because I was about eight <laughs> weeks pregnant. When you... Hopefully you told Jamie, <laughs> I hope you told Jamie before me. <laughs> and I told Jamie first, and then we were talking about I was coming to work with you when you just started the business, the PR business, yeah. and we'll get onto that. Yeah. And that's how long we've been sort of like waving in each other's lives, and, and I just love how it's taken on this whole new kind of... I don't know, life of its own because of our our, our interests and how yeah. similar they are. So I'll explain. Mm-hmm. So Susie is a functional medicine health coach and you yes. are the founder of Peppermint Wellness. And you, single-handedly, are the inspiration as to why I became a health coach as well. And I remember... Oh, <laughs> we went for a walk, didn't we? We went for a walk. And, and also, just to say that you are also the host of Wellness and Wrapped, a podcast, fantastic podcast that I'm a huge fan of. And so we, we've got loads to talk about. This has been on the cards for a long time. And I'm so happy that we finally got it into the the diary. Me too. Me too. Because I always love talking to you. Like whenever I see you, I always come away thinking, I always come home and say, Shoffley, do you know, I just had the nicest chat with Kate. So it's just enough to record it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I just think that it's actually quite interesting how we both started off in PR. Susie, just for reference, I went and worked with Susie when she was just founding her her PR business, Peppermint um, PR. That was what it was called. It was PR then, yeah. yeah and we worked together for a long time and I came, kept coming back to you after more children and we were working on... <laughs> and as the business was growing and it grew very quickly and very successfully, mm-hmm. I started noticing a change in you from the outside. <gasps> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Not not internally because we didn't really really have that that kind of relationship then. But I noticed yeah. that you were a lot more in touch with, I guess, the holistic side of, and you were training in in Reiki, and you were bringing in um, peppermint spray. You were cleaning the office, and pe- it was hilarious. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't for everyone, Kate. I mean, I'm I'm recalling that now, and just when you said cleaning the office, do you know what just popped in my head? which I'm going to share with you if it's okay. There was a time, it must have been the winter, when there was a lot of cold viruses going around the office. And you know what it's like in an office, you borrow someone's phone or you take a piece of paper or the door handle. So I brought in some essential oil of thyme and I gave it to Lynn, the lady who was doing the office cleaning at that time. And I obviously hadn't quite explained to her that you need to really dilute it, <laughs> that, that you only put like a drop. So the next thing, I was I was in the kitchen making a cup of tea. The door flung open and Owen is standing there. So Owen was one of our very dramatic account directors. And he goes, Susie, look at my ear. Look at this. Look at my ear. And I looked. And honestly, I couldn't keep a straight face. His ear was bright red from where he'd been on the phone, which she had obviously like doused <laughs> with essential at a time, which is very strong. <laughs> I shouldn't really, I shouldn't really have laughed about it, but it was, it was quite funny. But yeah, but we had this beautiful smelling office and, yeah. and it was funny because at the time you were insisting that we had a, a diffuser of peppermint throughout the office that would yeah. 
that we now know is like good for motivation and keeping everyone focused and awake. And it was just amazing to watch this kind of evolution. And I and I remember you saying you were very um, adamant that you couldn't change certain meetings because you had your Reiki appointment. Really? Yes, I remember oh. you being so passionate about your Reiki. It's like, no, I have to go and do my Reiki appointment and then we'll have the meeting at a, another time. Right. But I could see then that the focus on this more holistic way and you were bringing in things to the office like the courtyard outside and I remember did you have like a we had a therapy room upstairs we did which was bizarre Kate when I look back because it was so incongruous in a busy PR agency with editors calling and kind of people just running about all over the place and then I I basically took over the top room you know much to everyone's (laughs) displeasure and I put in I put in a massage bed yeah. in there and candles and I had like whale music <laughs> and it was the I look back I thought I mean what a strange thing to do and I would get people in this wasn't I wasn't doing it professionally but I'd get friends in or people who were going through a tough time and they would come and do Reiki I would do Reiki on them you know in this candlelit room and it was so odd because I would be in a meeting a PR meeting you know, PR meetings are very stressful and it's all very go, go, go. And then I just kind of disappear upstairs to my candlelit room and I could still hear all the comings and goings. And it just, it didn't fit. I mean, I tried to make it fit and and run these parallel versions of me where I would be this holistic type person and also run a PR agency. And I think the, the roads just diverged more and more and I, I realized eventually that I had to pick one of them because they just didn't meld together mm. at all. Yeah. And and I, I really resonate with that because PR is, it's so fast paced. You've got to be on the ball. You can never switch off. And, you know, yeah. I've talked about my, my sort of struggles with that of feeling very overwhelmed, feeling quite burnt out because of that huge pressure. It's like, even when you get home and there's an email at eight o'clock and it's a client or something where you've forgotten to do, all of a sudden you can just feel that like rush of like cortisol just going like, you know, the heart palpitating. And I once I'd had, I think it was um, Tally, my third, and I decided that was it. I didn't want to go back to, no, actually it was after Libby, sorry. So after my fourth, I decided that I was like, you know what, PR and my mental health is not going to work for me anymore. When was your awakening? When did you realise that resistance? Do you know, it was a very long time coming, Kate, is the truth of it, because I was always interested in holistic health. Always, always. But certainly from my early 20s, I remember being very, very focused, like reading a lot and starting to use essential oils and stuff like that. And there was a time around the age of 22 where I actually thought about becoming an aromatherapist. But it it didn't happen. Then I got sucked into PR. And you know what it's like once you're sucked into PR, it's so all consuming. It's not a little career. And I was just on this path and I couldn't really get off it or see any other option and then I ended up leaving my first job where I was for eight years I was very happy there then I had a horrendous year at another agency where I lost my health my mental health (laughs) I mean I was a wreck by the end of it and it was from then that I ended up with very very low self-esteem really thinking that I was completely washed up as a PR consultant because I couldn't make it work with the kids I just couldn't make it work so 
I kind of decided that 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 was really it, that maybe I could do a little bit of writing because I knew I could write. Um, And that was where I was when I ended up very inadvertently and with zero ambition starting to freelance and the freelance just kind of snowballed and then eventually it was too much for me and that's when you came along and we sat in our in our room in our house in this house where I am squished up (laughs) taking in turns to use the phone and then it grew and grew and I kind of found myself I mean I would I would arrive at this big office years later and literally open the door and there were like 25 people and I think I don't know how this happened I never wanted this this wasn't deliberate it was I never had an ambition of running an agency and certainly not one of this size but it just happened and I found myself I guess trapped in it really it wasn't where my heart was pulling me towards but you don't really you just turn up and do the job especially when there's people reliant on you you don't really think that I didn't think that there was another possibility Mm. I just carried on yeah so that that kind of carried on carried on and it was really when my dad was towards the end of his life that was the turning point where I had been so busy like every week I thought I'm gonna go and do Reiki on dad I'm gonna take him out for lunch this week because he had um, a very slow moving type of uh, blood cancer and you know it wasn't anything imminent but we kind of knew we wouldn't be around for maybe more than a year and every week I didn't manage to do it because you know what it's like you walk into the PR agency and there's 10 people just want a bit of you and to tell you this problem with this client this problem with this journalist and you're just firefighting the whole time and it would get to the end of the week and I think I've done it again I didn't take dad out for lunch you know I didn't go and do Reiki on him and then I did go and do go and do Reiki on him one day and it he just felt so much more peaceful and he just he changed color and I just thought do you know what this is ridiculous I kind of thought just what am I doing and it was an overnight decision it it was an overnight I went in the next day and I just I think I like told Jean Philippe and the rest of the office kind of on the same day it's like guys I'm going now Just for reference, Jean Philippe's your husband, and you were running the business. So he came on board, didn't he, a couple of years later? Yeah, yeah. So he was running the business with me. We were were joint managing directors, and it was a it was an overnight decision. It was just before Christmas, and I said, "I'm I'm going to leave now. I'm going to leave," and I did. I literally left. I didn't come back after Christmas. I did take Dad out for lunch. I did do Reiki on him and he passed away in the March. So I was really glad that I had made that decision. Um, And also I was not in a good way afterwards. So I really wouldn't have been much use at work because I I really didn't cope well with losing my dad and kind of got progressively worse, much worse as the months went on. So it was nice that I had that quiet time at home. But it brought me to EFT because at five months on, I was actually getting much worse than I had been, say, the week after he passed away. And it was at that point that Ruthie Portnoy said, so who both know, (laughs) Ruthie said, come and see me. I've just learned this new technique and, you know, come and try it with me. And it was incredible. It was incredible. Two sessions. I got my smile back and I felt me again. And that's when I decided to kind of train up. And that was the beginning of really really 
deciding that I was going to do something different with my life. I was going to help people. That's so funny because I actually never knew that Ruthie was your reason why you started EFT because it was the reason why I did as well. And and she was, she was, I went to her thinking that I was going to have a chat with her and actually she did the tapping and I went, oh my God, like what was that? Yeah. And she also was the reason why I went to train in EFT. And EFT is just one of the things that we have in common. Like I wrote down a list two minutes before we came on and and just because I didn't want to forget all the things and it just it makes me laugh because you'll put something on Instagram and I'll be like yes I love that or I've tried that so the things that we've been doing recently together are outdoor swimming we've both kind of like discovered yes. how much yeah. we we both love it sort of mentally and and sometimes physically maybe not so much but the mental <laughs> the mental side we both love um we love yeah. our paddle boarding our essential oils um growing vegetables like being out in nature and you know this it's incredible isn't it that we've come both of us from this very fast-paced lifestyle of consumer PR and and uh, so much of it I still actually love I love the creativity the writing um I do love the buzz still I, I you know there's things of it that I I still can understand why you know people would work in that industry but what I can see is how our without a meaning to be too deep it's like our souls were obviously trying to um reach for something different um and and I guess you had with your dad you had that moment that epiphany but obviously we're building it for a long time and I'm just wondering I'm this just thinking out loud now is I know your dad uh, was he Egyptian he was yeah so yeah. yeah and so like back in the Middle East you know a couple of centuries ago being holistic, doing all these things, being in nature, eating food from the ground, essential oils, all of that. I know this from my father-in-law, from he was growing up in Morocco, is that what we're living now, which is like super trendy, like all this well-being, wellness, is exactly what was just like normal life. And I just wonder if that is your kind of like genetics coming through a little bit. Do you know, I've never thought of that, Kate. I try and imagine my dad <laughs> planting a radish. Um, <laughs> I don't think I don't think so, Kate. I, I, I would love to think. I would love to think that, that was the case. Knowing dad, you know, for 90 years, I I didn't see any evidence of that. And I don't think that he grew up with any of that either. So I don't know, maybe it was a throwback from from something, who knows? But it was just something that I just I was just interested in, you know, and, you know, it makes me laugh when you talk about those times as well, because if I think now, like 10 years ago, I can picture you and me sitting there hard at it, phone calls, like typing away at the computer. And if somebody with a crystal ball would have walked in, in like 2000 and what will year would that that been? It'd been about 2010. 2010. Said, right, right, everyone in this room, in 10 years' time, you're all going to be working in PR in 10 years' time, apart from you, the boss, Susie, and you, Kate, and both of you, in 10 years' time, you're going to be a health coach and you're going to be a podcast host. And we would have found it hilarious, because first of all, we would have said, what's a health coach? What? And then we would have said, what's a podcast? podcast? <laughs> what the hell's a podcast? You know, and, and everyone else, everyone I know is still in PR. Yeah, right. And then here the two of us doing something the same, completely at the other end. Yeah. So it's it's really 
it's really lovely yeah <laughs> and I remember when we went for that walk and and it was it was about three years ago and I remember knowing what you were doing and I was so inspired by you already started out you set up your, your new business peppermint wellness and I was like Susie tell me what you're doing this uh, this sounds exactly what I want to do and you gave me some amazing advice and I went off and did the training and even though I didn't absolutely love the training, it's very American, but it gave me the sort of the foundations of how I wanted to help people and how, and then again, yeah. and then the, I found the tapping and then, and then it's just so happens that we've sort of blended very similar, I don't know, new careers and we help different people, but our premise and our purpose is the same, which is yes. helping people feel healthier and happier in their, mm. in karma, yeah. more balanced in their lives. Tell me a little bit about you had your kind of burnout through PR and mm. who do you help now? Like who do you typically see and, and how do you help them? So gosh, it can be anyone from a woman in her eighties to a guy in his twenties. I mean, it can be anything. It can be people who are struggling with their eating habits or other habits like not being able to get off their phone, not being able to get to bed on time. It can be people who are pre-diabetic or have type 2 diabetes or any number of things, or who just are struggling. And the fact is that most of us struggle a bit and have niggles with our health. You know, we get used to it. We have headaches or bloating or skin problems or whatever, and people just get used to that. But so much of that now we know is linked to our lifestyle. So it's basically empowering people to change their lifestyle so that they can feel better, not only physically, but you know, mentally and emotionally as well. Yeah. And I think it's crucial to explain because some people don't really know what health coaching is about. And yeah. all the things that you mentioned then is that you can go to your GP and the GP's got five minutes, eight minutes to see you. And very often they haven't got the lifestyle knowledge or the advice and the uh, or they just don't have the time to keep following up and checking in and really getting to the root yeah. of the problem. And, you know, even you just yeah. saying about um, people struggle on their phone and like habits. Yeah. You know, you're not going to go to the GP unless it's like serious. I, I can't get off my phone. I've got a phone addiction. But you've got so many different ways, haven't you, of being able to mm -hmm. um, offer different practical tips and advice and support and guidance around yeah. that that can actually yeah. get to the root of the problem while they're always while they're on the phone, but also how they can spend their time better using I don't know like creativity and movement. Yeah, it's so. It's so bespoke to each person that it's it's so hard to generalize, but I think you've hit the nail on the head there that it's not so much going to your GP and getting the advice and information because you, of course, you can Google any information about how to eat healthily, how to sleep well. It's not that that people need. They need hand-holding through actually applying that. Okay, so you can have all the knowledge in the world about how you're supposed to drink water and how you're supposed to eat vegetables, et cetera, et cetera. It's not that people don't know that, but they just find it really hard because habits are difficult to change. And if your habit is to eat a packet of biscuits when you feel a bit stressed or open a bottle of wine, it's all very well saying, well, you need to stop that because, you know, your blood pressure is high and you're overweight and you're at risk of type 2 diabetes. But that doesn't actually work for most people. It will scare them and it'll make them feel bad about themselves, but it won't actually help them to change. To do that, you need to help people to have hope 
and to start to believe in themselves and have compassion for themselves. So it's a very gentle process. Yeah, and I guess it's also about connection, isn't it? And you, you're being with that yeah. person. and Massively. I'd say it's mostly about connection, in fact. Yeah, yeah. because it's, it's very rare to have someone there to be able to support you and to give you this time, isn't it? It's, it's that time yeah. of, of like, like you said, hand-holding, but it's like gentle guidance and offering yes. you know it's even it's just offering a new insight perhaps they they'd not experienced within their family their community where they've grown up they've just not had like yeah. a new way of thinking and so it's, it's yeah. like you're offering a new perspective yeah I think that's a good way of putting it I think when someone knows that they can just be heard without any fear of being judged or interrupted or anything they can just share and be listened to, really listened to, that is so therapeutic. You know, if someone can just say, I'm at two o'clock in the morning, I am eating junk food, and I'm stuck on Netflix, and know that they're not going to be, have finger wagging at them, but that they're just going to be heard and empathized with. And then they can start to work things out. You know, people, people are really clever, they have the solutions inside of them. But they just need someone to kind of help them to bring those solutions out. Yeah, I think. yeah, and that's I, that's one of the biggest things that I've seen while I've been coached myself and have been coaching other people is that we always have the answers. Like I'll have like so many epiphanies if I've had a coaching session with with someone, and I'd be like, "Wow, yeah, that, of course, of course, I know that. Like, why is it taking me so long to you know have that realization?" And normally, it's yeah. the most simple answers that are the ones that we need the most that you know those simple shifts in perspective when I was training with the health coaching a lot of it was very sort of now you need to learn about the vitamins and this and and the vegetables and and then when I got to the nitty-gritty of of the deeper stuff the habit changing the mindset I know that you work a lot with things like gratitude and Mm. people don't naturally kind of correlate that to a more positive lifestyle you know you kind of think well, I'm going to lose the weight yeah. I'm going to stop eating the biscuits stop drinking the wine and then everything's going to be fine but sometimes that's not the case is it you know that's not the root of their happiness it's other stuff yeah I think the the weight thing that's obviously such a huge preoccupation for so many people that just want to get the weight off you know to get in their clothes you know in time for the summer but the gratitude is such a huge part of it because I mean, there's really concrete research behind this now, Kate, that it helps with tangible physiological metrics in terms of bringing down your blood pressure and, you know, it helps your immune system to work better. And then it builds our self-worth. So people that practice gratitude have, um, they're more positive, they're more able to deal with the ups and downs of life. Mm. So it's hugely important. And I, it's something I encourage all of my clients to do. And sometimes it takes a lot of little nudges to get them to actually do it. Some people take to it straight away. And um, some people don't. Yeah. So. so what I mean, what would you advise if someone's listening now and they're thinking, yeah. you know, maybe that is missing in my life? Like where, where do people yeah. start with gratitude? I mean, what do, what do you do? And yeah. how does it work for you? So, okay. 
So that's a great question. So the way I do it, I've been keeping a gratitude journal for around 10 years now, and I've changed the journal. I get different ones. At the moment, I'm using something called the six-minute journal. Mm. So I was using a five-minute journal, <laughs> now I'm using the six-minute journal. And I, I write in it in the morning and in the evening. So it's only very quick. And you could just start with having a notepad by your bed and just writing, before you go to bed, three things that you're grateful for. It doesn't need to be a long paragraph, literally just, it could just be a few words for each. So I know tonight, one of my three things is going to be having this chat with you for sure. You know, that's for sure. That'll be one of my things. And then I've only got to find two more. (laughs) It could be anything. It could be, I mean, I'm looking outside and it was raining and now the sun's come out. So I'm going to be able to hang my washing up outside. Well, there's number two. Mm. (laughs) And there'll be, there'll be lots of other things. But what happens is when you actually have this practice of writing it down it slowly changes your perception so that you are subconsciously scanning mm. for positive things during the day okay and what that what then happens is you you slowly change the lens through which you view life to be more focused on the positive because the way the human brain works we automatically will land on the negative and stick to it so we have to counter that proactively by mindfully looking for the positive and noting it because otherwise we do get sucked into the negativity not because we're negative people it's just the way that we're wired yeah. it's the whole neuroplasticity thing of well, we can change the way our brain works and like you say with the whole negative bias thing it is we, we are programmed to look out for danger and I know it's sort of like focusing on the negative but I guess from historically it was like being in fight or flight mode it's important yeah yeah but that now actually does have an impact on our me- mental health. We've seen that. And, and I agree with you. I wish I had such a strong habit of the gratitude of the morning and night. I don't write it down as much as I should, but I lie in bed at night and I think about the three things. Yeah. But that's interesting what you say about the writing down, because I think it cements it into your, your brain even more, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. There's something about writing it down which has this effect on the brain. And the other thing that's really nice is I've got all these books which I could look back on. And that's a really nice thing. So I, um, and I haven't been traveling anywhere for ages, obviously, with, with lockdown. But when I did used to travel, say, for work and packed an overnight bag, it would literally be the first thing to go in my overnight bag, yeah. you know, with my toiletry bag, because it's just so much a part of my like I just wouldn't go to bed without brushing teeth. It's it's like so much a part of it now. And I definitely feel the benefits. It's not that I wouldn't get stressed or anxious or hacked off about stuff, because of course I do. But I think it means that you just get back yeah. to equanimity, back to this more quickly. Yeah, it is. It's like a ground. It's like it's a grounding technique straight away, isn't it? Of just like you say, bringing you back to that kind of place of recognizing that no matter what a rubbish day you've had, there are always things that we can find. There are always, always positive shifts. Always, even the day of my dad's funeral. I mean, there's literally no matter what is going on, there is always, always, always something that you can find. You know, and we're looking for tiny things. It might be a lovely text from a friend or, you know, you heard a nice song on the radio. It could be anything. But you will, no matter what the circumstances, you will always, always find something if you look. And... The beautiful thing about this is that if you're lying in bed awake, ruminating on, you know, anxious thoughts go round and round and round, because we can only think one thought at a time, if you then focus on, oh, do you know what? I'm so grateful that um, 
you know, I got that lovely message, lovely voice message from my friend Jane today. That will then replace the anxious thought because you can only think one thought at a time. So it interrupts that loop of anxiety. Mm. So it's really, it's really an amazing antidote to stress. It is amazing because something so simple, everyone has got, you know, reach for that. It's accessible. And a lot of the things that you yeah. talk about, and um, the reason why I love your podcast is because you speak to lots of different experts and, and guests that, and it, you make it very accessible. Sometimes you do solo episodes and you you make it feel that anyone has got access to feeling healthier and better in their lives. And Sometimes we can get a bit overwhelmed with the amount of information. And like you say, it's very yeah. easy to Google all this health stuff. You know, you can pick up every magazine newspaper and it is just there. Well-being is is here and it's here to stay, which is a great thing. Yeah. But if it's information overload, what I love what you do is the sort of the simplicity around it. And something that I try and bring in with the pod with my podcast is is trying to make it as practical for everybody. I think that's where we're quite similar that we love nature. We love being outside and we both talk about it quite a lot. That's something that you also discuss with your clients as well, isn't it? Is is how to bring nature and being outside into part of their daily life. And is that something that you believe is crucial to relieving stress? Yeah, I mean, it's such a beautiful balm, isn't it, being in nature? We just know instinctively when we're by, I mean, you know, being by a lake, being by a river, you just, I mean, you've seen it when we go together, we, we're just like, oh, yeah. you know, that feeling of just release and healing. And even though we, when we go swimming, we're only there for a, like an hour, including trying to get dressed and undressed, helping each other out of swimsuits and stuff. Um, but come away feeling totally different. And that's not for everyone. It's pretty hardcore to go and get in a cold lake. But um, yeah, just being around around foliage, just looking at green, you know, hugging a tree. It's it's incredible the effect it has instantly on our, on our whole psyche, just those stress hormones coming down. And um yeah, but even inside, you know, I'm looking at a plant that I've got just behind my laptop and essential oils. And there's so many ways to bring nature into your life. Mm. So many ways. Yeah. And so I know your obviously your background is like working with business and, and big companies. Do you help other businesses now? Is that something that you focus on? Where's your focus now of, of bringing yeah. your health to people? Totally. And the reason I love to do that is because it's so much quicker to coach a group of people. So rather than trying to pick them off one by one by one, yeah. my favorite thing is to go to a company and whether it's through, I mean, it used to be obviously through face-to-face -face workshops, you know, and now it's the past year, obviously it's been webinars, but you know, when you get a group of people together, you get a momentum yeah. when they work together and they start to get excited. That's what, that's what you're looking for is people to get excited. Like, yeah, I can go for a five minute walk before I open my laptop and look at my emails. Or actually, I can have a glass of water before I have my morning coffee. You know, I can do it. And then once they do that and think, oh, I had a glass of water, like, what else can I do? And, and you get this lovely momentum. So that is, yeah, very much my one of my focuses is on, on helping companies and also to enlighten people about the food they're eating, because my background as as you know from us working together, we used to do a lot of food PR, a lot of PR for 
different types of food companies, including confectionery. So I know the food industry inside out and I, I loved working for it. But at the time, I didn't see the fallout from what the stuff I was promoting. I didn't see the fallout. Now I see the fallout. Now I see people's lives, health lives wrecked, wrecked from what they are putting in their supermarket trolley and eating. So it's one of my very big passions is to open people's eyes to the food that they're eating, what it's doing to them and how they can make little changes to feel radically better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you also worked on food. Yes. For, and and it's and it's funny because I'm just thinking then is that, you know, while we were promoting sweets and, and this and that and thinking of all the genius ways we can like transform a packet of sweets for Valentine's Day yes. and you know, Mother's Day. And oh everything. my gosh, those Valentine's Day press releases. Do you remember every year? Oh my gosh. Yeah, and, and you're just absolutely right. We didn't think, we just, it was just like, yeah. you know, we need, you focus on like getting the products in the magazines, yeah. on the TV, whatever it was. Um, yeah. And, and absolutely, I go around the supermarket now and my kids are always like, oh, mum, stop being so embarrassing. Because I'm like, that should be what I mean. How many aisles of sweets do we need? And I'm like the biggest killjoy for children. Oh, yeah. And, you and me both. Yeah. And yeah. We've, we've discussed this, that yes, being, you know, a health coach is great for other people, but actually our children, and, and please God, one day they'll thank us for it and they'll recognise. And then as your kids are getting older, they'll probably start, you know, realising. But it is a bit kind of like you are, you do feel like you're shouting against the masses still. Yes. Oh, you do. You do completely. And then one thing I want to pick up on is what you just said earlier, that we we were trying to get our clients on TV, et cetera, in the magazines. And I just remember something that happened. This was towards the end. So I think at this point, I was already in a different place mentally because we had a client that made sweets, but they were like good sweets in that they they didn't have uh you probably remember they they didn't have artificial food coloring or preservatives but they were still made of sugar yeah right so i mean how good can it be (laughs) it's like entirely sugar with just natural colorings and again this was owen so the, the same guy with the ear um he was writing a press release and i remember going on and on to him saying don't put it to a healthy snack. And I kept sending back this draft of the press release saying with big red lines through it, say, don't, do not imply that this is a health, this is made of sugar. This is made of sugar. And I was like ranting on in the office. I think already I was, that was not normal behavior for a managing director and someone who was uh, representing a sweet manufacturer. And then a couple of weeks later, I remember this so clearly, I was sitting at my desk and he he opened the magazines because we always look first thing what cuttings we've got. You know, that was like, yay, we got a hit in, you know, in like Grazia or whatever. So he had a very glossy magazine. I can't remember which woman's women's glossy magazine. And he walked over to me and he was obviously expecting a huge pat on the back because he walked, walked over and he said, look, Susie, this is X company in whatever glossy magazine it was. And I took one look and it was a lovely photo and everything. And it said, da, 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 healthy snack. Mm. Well, I hit the roof. <laughs> so he was expecting a kind of pat on the back. And I just went mental and said, um, I can't believe they've said it was a healthy snack. Don't they know it's made of sugar? What type of function is that? Now people are going to be deluded and they're going to think it's going to make them healthy to eat a, you know, um, a sweet made entirely of sugar. So I look back at that and think, 
do you know what? I think maybe that was a point where my my identity as the managing director of a PR agency was already very diverging mm. from what I felt was right. Because I should have been happy. I should have been really happy that Owen had got that hit in the magazine for our clients, yeah. you know, and overjoyed. And I was really angry. So I think at that point, that was like the inner health coach, although I'd never heard of the term health coach, yeah. but I think it was already, it was bubbling up, even though I didn't recognize it. Wow. Yeah. That's, no, then no, no, I'm <laughs> like, I can see the passion when you tell that story that, yeah, yeah you were, you had this kind of um, new path that I guess that you were kind of like, maybe not, you didn't even know was there, but you were sort of ready to take a change make a change and yes. it's funny that you say that because yeah. I remember when I was working freelance and I was doing some stuff for um, a cardiologist and um, someone that we both know um, Gideon Paul and w- oh, yeah. we I was helping him with um, some of his private work and he was very much based on the whole lifestyle medicine and he would talk about you know all the other stuff and he'd want really want me to push um, not just like blocked arteries and, and stuff like that and I was fascinated by it and I was really interested I was like, tell me more. And we and, and I I remember doing a, an event where it was a very sort of lifestyle medicine based event where he would talk yeah. as a cardiologist, but actually about the importance of lifestyle. And I remember getting like a little bit of a flash then of going, this is fascinating. This is really interesting that our lifestyle can have such an impact on our physical and our Huge. mental mental health. Absolutely. So there were little flashes, like while we were both in our PR roles. But I think what's been interesting is that you especially, you've brought in your PR um, knowledge and all the experience that you've gained and you've used it to leverage the mission that you're on and the, and the message that you want to get across. Because there's a lot of health coaches out there mm-hmm. that haven't got podcasts that aren't, yeah. you know, as passionate. And and I think that maybe for, for whatever reason, it was meant to be like this, that you are yeah. carrying a beacon <laughs> to, yeah. to really push this, this lifestyle message. That's a really interesting point, and thank you for that. I think that there was a time when I was beating myself up, looking back at this 22-year career in PR and thinking, what was I doing? If I have the capability to help someone reverse their type 2 diabetes and and get off the, the blood pressure medication and deal with childhood trauma why on earth didn't I do it early, earlier? Like, why was I promoting sweets and crisps for all that time? And I, I did, there was a period where I regretted that whole first career that went on for 22 years. I think I've kind of got past that. And I think I've come to terms with the fact that it was the right thing for me at that time, that I learned a lot definitely about communications but also about the food industry which I now leverage to help people um and I'm kind of I mean we cleared out the office as you know last year and people were like gosh aren't you so sad to clear out the building because we we didn't need that such a big building and 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 a lot of people when I switched career they said like but it's your baby you know how can you how can you leave it it's your baby And I really didn't feel any emotional attachment to my career or the business that I founded, uh, Peppermint PR, Lace Peppermint Soda. I didn't, I mean, I was, I guess, proud of it and proud of what the people who I employed had achieved. And there was a lot of fun, a lot of the way, there was a lot of laughs and awards and, you know, there were a lot of good things to it. 
but I I kind of felt that it was a bit maybe a little bit empty compared to what I'm doing now and so I definitely went through a period of um regretting I think regretting that first career which I I don't do now and I was able when we cleared out the business I was able to stand there and say thank you thank you to the building thank you to all my staff thank you for this career you know that brought me to this place mm. and you know I'm grateful I'm grateful for all of it so it took a little bit of, of work on my behalf um and when we were clearing out the office because we had just had so much stuff in there and um we had so many awards as you know you used to come to the award ceremonies that we there were just like shelves and shelves of industry awards and we didn't we didn't need all of them because we were like we could move to smaller offices with the pandemic and work more remotely and we had a skip and i literally found myself throwing awards into the skip and I thought my gosh if my team could see me now because we sweated blood and tears do you remember when you used to go to the post office do you remember like way back when we used to try and race to get the deadline to enter the award <laughs> yeah. do you know how stressful that was yeah um, and you know what we went through to get those awards and how we celebrated and now you know the thought of going to a PR awards dinner you know as as great as it was and I made a lot of friends in the PR industry I really did but it's just not where I am now. I just don't, it just doesn't resonate with me. And I say that with the greatest respect to people who are still working there and doing an amazing job because it's not an easy job. Mm. Um, but I think that it just wasn't right for me. It wasn't, it didn't chime with who I am at my core. And I think I was never quite comfortable in it. I always felt that, I never felt comfortable at the awards mm. ceremonies. I always felt just a little bit, um, I didn't, cope well with the drinking side of it it's yeah. very very hard drinking I'm not really much of a drinker and um I never felt that I quite fitted in mm, yeah I really get that as well I really, yeah. yeah I think I think very much I I had the same thing as well with the drinking and also the I think it was the integrity. Like I, I, I sometimes just couldn't. My guilt, my conscience, and and not saying that everyone that works in PR is like a barefaced liar, but you had to sometimes bend the truth a little bit. And sometimes, you know, like you know, spinning. You know, you've got to you've, you've got to say things that aren't hundred um, percent truthful. But I, I see this the PR background that we both got and, and I hope that you know through I mean podcasting it's like you say is is communication and we're just using our our skills but I think your story is really inspiring for other people who might be listening to this because even though you said that you did regret no longer regret that it's okay to, to change it's okay to evolve and to have new different chapters and to look back and use skills that we've you know from one career and and bring them into another career and recognize that you know growth is normal expansion evolution all these different things that and actually listening to ourselves a bit more and not just going with the flow and going with what we think we should be doing and and i think there's a lot of people after this pandemic that will be feeling a little bit like this like what was I living for the past 20 years like all this sweat blood sweat blood and tears and uh, and they've perhaps had burnout and stress and and health problems that actually what was it for um so I think what you did was incredibly brave and inspiring and I do because you yeah you didn't have to go that route you could have stayed yeah um 
do you know, it was such a strong internal pull, Kate, that I, I couldn't ignore it. Mm. It was literally like a tug. And was it brave? I certainly didn't see it as brave. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I landed everyone in it because I, it wasn't like I had a six month leaving period. Mm. Like I left like the next day. Um, but it just, it, and I guess that was to do with dad being sort of imminently, you know, going to pass away. But um, it, it, I just, it was so, it got progressively stronger, this voice. And the truth is, I look back and everything that you said about that was in the office, you know, I used to have cut onions. If someone had a cold, I'd like cut onions. And people walk into the office like, Susie, it stinks. You know, we can't concentrate. It just smells because I was trying to cleanse the air. And they were like my guinea pigs, like completely, you know, no one signed up for it. No one, they, it was completely um, unsolicited advice that I would be doling out left, right and centre. In fact, I remember... Um, I don't know if you were with us at this time when Marcella first came. So Marcella is a friend of both of ours. And she came for an interview when she was pregnant with her first child. So I don't know how many years ago. It was about 12 years ago. It was about 12 years ago. And yeah. so she came with her big portfolio and we sat down and she was quite senior. So she was coming for a job as like a, a freelancer, uh, an account director, which was very senior. And for some reason she sat down and Within five minutes, she was crying and telling me how she was really unhappy with the state of her skin because she'd broken out in spots. Apropos of nothing, we were supposed to be going through her portfolio <laughs> talking about a client experience. And I just found myself kind of sitting with her and talking about what she was eating and like non-toxic beauty products. And I look back now, I think, do you know what? That was like I don't know why she decided to kind of unburden herself in an interview. It's not the usual thing to do, but, um, you know, I, and I look back at all these instances where I was just giving people advice, you know, and, and I mean, Owen, again, bless him. He's really come up a lot in his podcast, but he used, to have, he used to have a bin where it would be full with wrappers of like Kit Kats and crisp packets up to the top. Now bins were emptied every day and I'd be like rooting around his bin, like saying, how can you work? How could you concentrate after eating all this crap? You're supposed to be feeding your brain. This was years before I'd studied about nutrition and about feeding the brain. But I already knew enough to say, like, you can't you can't concentrate with this crap that you're eating, you know. Um, and I'd get in nuts and fruit for them. Um, and I made them do vision boards and made them go out to Dunham Park yeah. to do brainstorming, all sorts of stuff. And you were um, really ahead of your time because this was like <laughs> if this was this was like when it was sort of a bit wacky and not in, in any way trendy. Yeah. This was just like well, there was Jackie, what's her name? What's her name? Um oh goodness, what's her name? The PR woman that um that went the oh you know, she's it like Ab Fab. Oh, it's not Jackie. It's not um, it's not Jackie, it's yes, and she went yes. And she, um, Frankie, what's your name, Kate? I know who you mean. I know who you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. And she went, she yeah, was a bit I, of a hippie, wasn't she? And then she's kind of like, she was, yeah. she was, she was. And I was, I was worried, you know, because I did make them do vision boards and, and we, we had like a masseurs in and like Reiki and I was doing EFT on them. Um, and I did worry that I would go the whole, I didn't want to go the whole hog, like this person who I can't remember who was like into like, you know, weeing on a drink your own wee and stuff like that. You know, I was worried that I was going to be seen like that. Um, but when when I was at an awards do, a PR awards do, because there was 
a long time where I was being a health coach and going to these incredible conferences in the States all about neuroplasticity, mm. et cetera, in July. And then the October, I'd still be going to the PR awards dinners because I still own the business. So this bizarre thing where I'd be with, you know, a room full of doctors and then at one point in the year and then a room full of PR people, yeah. um, you know, kind of getting drunk <laughs> and it was just crazy but um one of my former employees Jess who now has her own agency and I remember a few years ago she said of course you're a health coach of course you're a health coach how could you not be and I said well why, why do you say that she said just think about all the things you made us do <laughs> yeah. you know all the fruit and the nuts and the stuff that you made us eat and everything yeah. um it makes sense that that you are a health coach yeah. Oh my God, that's really profound. And you know, it's <laughs> funny because I, I do remember, I remember it so well. It's all coming back to me now. And I actually remember being sat in the office and, and it would be the middle of winter and the air conditioning would be turned on. And I'd be like, guys, we're sat here in this airless office with the air conditioning, hot air. So like we need a window open. And and I'd be like, fresh air, we need this for our brains and all of this. And no one listened to me. <laughs> And, and then I used to notice that people would just drink loads of tea and coffee and no one would be drinking water. And I remember yeah. working with one lady, um, I won't say her name, and, and she all she did was drink tea, 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 not a single drop of water. And I used to sit there going, she needs a glass of water, this woman. I mean, she must be dehydrated. <laughs> so instead of focusing yeah. on like doing what I should be doing, I'm just sat there watching her going, <laughs> I'm worried about her hydration levels. <laughs> so Funny. And, and I, that completely resonates. I remember when Marcella, I mean, I did actually, we did actually offer a job despite her disastrous job interview. <laughs> and she was, of course, pregnant. And I would be literally watching, well, I was supposed to be working. I'd be like, do you know what, you know, Marcella, you might want to eat some vegetables. And I mean, I think back, I think, how intrusive, how incredibly rude and intrusive for me to get involved in some, what someone else was eating. Um, but again, I, I just couldn't help myself. And I had this captive audience in the office, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very funny, but it just shows how passionate you were. And, yeah. and, and, you know, it does, it spills out when you, once you've sort of got the knowledge and the awareness, it spills out in your family and your friends. And, and sometimes it is hard to hold back, isn't it? It's especially when you can see someone doing something that you know is, is not right for them it's not going to make them feel better. Really and you have yeah. to keep because it is sometimes unsolicited advice people don't want to hear it all the time and so I mean it's always unsolicited <laughs> unless someone's come here to have a health coaching session you know it's always unsolicited and it, it really struck me what you said about the kids because I've had exactly the same journey with my kids where I'd be ripping out like bits of research from the times about type 2 diabetes and they're like I'm really not interested mum yeah you know I just like leave them out on the table yeah yeah I've started I did that actually on my son I like leave things on his pillow I'm like well he can't ignore if it's on his pillow <laughs> and I leave like essential oil rollers on their beds and just think well I'm oh. not gonna tell them to use it but if it's on their bed and then they can just use it or I'll put things in their school bag um, or I'll send yeah. like my older ones links and I'll see they've not opened it and I'll just send them another message <laughs> and go have you read it and they just ignore me but I kind of think you know what like they're kids and and hopefully they are gonna one day recognize the yeah. same way that I 
see what my mum did because my mum was really ahead of her time when she was focused yeah. on nutrition and yoga and all the things that she she's been sort of harping on about for 30 odd years um and I ignored her you know up until the age of you know like <laughs> my 30s and so you know I guess it's just you can't be, you know be born a life coach or a health coach you, you grow no. into it and um but that certain things that I do my little my little one for whatever reason she's the youngest and she's the most receptive and she absorbs it more um and my my middle daughter wanted to go to McDonald's the other day and I historically say no 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 we don't that, we just don't do it and then I just kind of thought you know what once a year, if she wants to go and get some chips from McDonald's, like go through the drive-through, yeah. the whole excitement. I was like, yeah, it's it's, exactly. I was like, I'm not doing this every week, every month. So we went and my little one was like, but you've always said this isn't healthy, mummy. There's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, you know what, Libby, it's fine. Like I want to explain to them that moderation is okay because I don't want it yeah. to go the other way. I don't want her to be like a bit OCD about it. I want her to know that if once a year or twice a year, like she goes and gets chips and a milkshake from McDonald's, that's okay. And, and she can make yeah. that choice for herself. Yeah, so, absolutely. So we did the McDonald's thing. It was like I'd taken them to Disney World, like literally on like a first class, <laughs> you know, return ticket. Um, and, and I told them, I said, you know, this isn't going to happen, you know, for a while. But I just... I don't want to take the fun out of their childhood either by constantly being the, yeah. the nag and being that person that no, 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 don't have this, don't eat that. Um, yeah. So it's a hard one. I'm, I haven't, it's not, I don't have the solutions. I just know that at the moment, while we're trying to do the best that we can with the knowledge that we've got and growing and, and I think we both like to learn. And so it's just constantly. Yeah. And, and it is a bit yeah. of a tricky one because you want to help it the is. people you love but you don't want to be a deterrent. You don't want to deter them. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I, I, it just made me smile what you said about the kids. I, I remember my daughter saying to me a few years ago, you know, mummy, it's not, it's not my fault that you've become a health coach. (laughs) Um, And, and she said, you know, you've taken away everything that I've ever loved. That was what she said. She said, first you took away Cocoa Pops during the week. um, And then, then you took away Cocoa Pops on Saturday because then it was for a time there was Saturday cereals, like rather than having it yeah. every day, it was like Saturday. So then you took, and, and she just kind of reeled off this list of like woes <laughs> that had happened since I've become a health coach. And um, I have the same attitude to you now, which is that I, I literally just hold my peace if they want to, you know, go and get, you know, whether it's McDonald's, whether it's ice cream, whatever, I just let them get on with it. I don't actually ever say anything because, again, I want them to be able to make good choices. And it doesn't really matter what you eat occasionally. It's what you eat day in, day out that is going to make the difference. And honestly, I have banged my head against a wall, particularly with Louis, my middle child. He just was not. It was just going in one ear, out the other. Max actually took to it very, very quickly, you know, because he... When you see it yourself, he he had acne, then he changed his diet and his skin cleared up immediately. And then what would happen is if he then had started eating certain things, he'd get bad skin immediately. So he had that feedback. So he didn't need anyone to say anything because it was just perfectly obvious that if he'd eaten a certain way, he just got spots the next day. So he was very quickly able to modulate 
because he could see what his body was telling him and that's a lot easier. Um, I think you have to take the long view and as you say, they will eventually, eventually, but you have to be gentle. You can't, especially with kids, you just can't force them. Uh, it's not fair <laughs> and they're, they're going to rebel. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I do. But funny enough, my daughter just in this last week has said, you know, actually, you know, mommy, I really want to be healthy. And it's because a couple of her friends at school, because peer pressure is always going to be more powerful than me lecturing couple of her friends are like, they've got some Snapchat group called the Healthy Gang, really into health. And so she's doing what her what her peers are doing. Mm. So, and that works really well. So I think you just have to hope that that eventually they will come around, but not not stress about it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that I've kind of learned. If I've, I've done a bit of a full circle <laughs> because it has been a bit stressful. But you know what? Like also the fact that they see they model as well so that even if you're not forcing it down them if you're cooking from scratch you know you grow your own veg um you, you're really passionate about you know making all these exciting concoctions that you do and I know I've seen it on Instagram so they see it and even though not they might not be eating it they at least see and then eventually and I do yeah. think it just it does just go in doesn't it I hope I hope it does like yeah. eventually or it just goes the other way <laughs> Yeah, Hopefully I, yeah. I do in. just want to qualify. I just want to qualify about growing my own veg before people get too impressed. Because honestly, I mean, for example, if you saw my radish harvest or any of the harvests from last year, we're talking about one one salad <laughs> in a year. So, so I think growing my own vegetables is perhaps sounding. You know, I think that's probably sounding more than it actually is. I grow some vegetables I have seen I've seen in your the rest I get in my veg box yeah yeah and that's okay because you know what it gives you pleasure like I'll when yeah I, I actually got rid of my mini allotment that I had in my garden because it was just pathetic and yeah. it was taking up space <laughs> and Jamie after five yeah. years said to me this is a waste of space because nothing is growing and I'd be like well that'd be the odd potato the odd radish yeah that's it the odd <laughs> yeah literally and they'd be like that's small and I realized it was because I put it in the wrong part of the garden that was ah. not sunny but it was the only yeah. bit that I had like some space so now yeah. it's been dug out and it's a pond and it's like been the most oh, exciting lovely. um addition to my life for a very long time <laughs> so I now they're not big enough to swim in no sadly not but even although Tally did fall in it the other day and this is my 10 nearly 10 year old so she's fine <laughs> we were planting rockery and everything and she yeah. she was climbing and then before I saw she was literally like in the pond um oh. but it, it, it's it's honestly just having that little kind of bit of what you have to come around and see it but it's a little just yeah. a bit of water and I put my plants around it I put a little table and chairs and that's given me so much joy more than these little tiny potatoes that are not even <laughs> worth eating so I kind of feel like you know what if the veg thing's not growing try something else and dig up a pond exactly uh, exactly I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I, I dug the yeah I mean I, I think that's amazing I definitely don't tie up my self-worth with my vegetable crop because if I did I have very very low self-worth because you know frankly even after however many years I think it must be 10 years plus of having allotment I'm still really crap at the whole thing I mean literally <laughs> so um and that's fine it's fine because you know what? I'm not entering vegetable growing competitions and 
whatever grows grows it's really not a big deal but it gives you a place doesn't it it gives you a place to go it gives you a place and, yes, and you enjoy it and you know like just have a bit of you know something to do and knowing that you connect with yeah. nature and, and all these little yes, things yes that's a big part of it that's a big part of it yeah. for sure oh you sure. know and also I can like talk to myself and sing to myself and you know it's just a quiet place and I, and I think that is um that is something that we should all take away that it, you don't have to be an Olympic swimmer or, you know, going swimming through the, you know, every oh. lake in the Lake District or you don't have to, no. you know, do all these hikes and stuff to feel this. You can just go locally. You can just have a, a paddle in yeah. the local lake. It doesn't have to be exactly anything extreme. Exactly. It doesn't. I think if anyone listening, if you saw Kate and I going swimming in the lake, I mean, it's just hilarious because everyone else just kind of plunges straight in and they're off. And we just stand there, don't we, in the shallows, yeah. like yelping, screaming and going like, oh, no, I can't get in and like <laughs> hyperventilating <laughs> and making a huge song and dance about it. Because, But that's fine yeah. because we both feel the cold a little bit, don't we? Yeah. And um, but but so what? So what? You know, yeah. we're still trying, aren't we? We're still pushing ourselves a little bit out of our comfort zone. And we, we have a laugh doing it and we get to chat and it's just fun and it's, who cares if we don't if we can't go like doing front crawl across the lake yeah um with our head underwater but stay kind of in the shallows yeah um with our head above water it doesn't matter yeah and 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 I hope that we carry on doing it and I hope we carry on I hope the oh, weather improves and we can get back out there again uh, and that's it that's the other thing we're a bit fair weather swimmers as well so when it's we are when it's grey and rainy weather. we're not that interested but when it's no exactly mild... although Jenna Jenna our other swimming buddy I and mean, I've sometimes messaged her and I said oh Jenna look it's raining so I guess we won't be going today will we because it's raining and they'll get this message back saying yeah, it'll be lovely. We'll listen to the rain on the lake and it'll be so lovely. And then I was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I was kind of hoping that she would have bailed out. Yeah. <laughs> and then I ended up going and she gets us in, doesn't she? Because yeah. she's so positive. Oh, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. And, and um, yeah, yeah. I, hopefully we were going to go again very soon. But I have to say, this has been just an absolute joy and a pleasure. And I feel like we could always chat, chat, chat. Um, but hopefully we'll do this again soon because I think we've got lots. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, and I, you know, I feel such a strong connection to you, Kate. And I, I, I can tell you that I look up to you so much and always have done. And I remember even in the days where you came to work for me, which was um, a long, long time. This is back in like 2000 and whenever it was. Um, and you were like tutoring me and how to sell in press release and I remember you said to me you said to me Kate you said Susie you've just got to believe that you can do it wow you've just got to believe I don't remember yeah I remember the story that it was it was was a really it was a really kind of weak story that we were trying to get in the nationals (laughs) it was a really really story and you were like but Susie you've got to believe that you can do it when you pick up the phone you know to the Daily Mail and I always remember that, you know, and I've, mm. um, you know, you always seem to be like a very wise head on younger shoulders. Like you're always like seems so much more wise than than the age <laughs> that you actually were. So I've learned so much from you, both in PR and post 
you know, and, and the field that you're in. And I think it's just it's just such a privilege to be on this journey with someone like you who I just like so much. Oh, and absolutely likewise, Susie. Thank you so much for, for being on here and tell people how they can find you. You must listen to Susie's podcast as well, which is Wellness Unwrapped. How and yeah. how can they find you, work with you and, and connect with you? Yeah, so it's just peppermintwellness.co.uk. And yeah, as you said, the podcast is Wellness Unwrapped. And um, yeah, the usual social media, um, Instagram and Facebook mainly. And always happy to hear from people. Always love to get feedback from these conversations because obviously we're just chatting away. And, you know, it's always lovely to know what people actually took away from us just having <laughs> a very nice chat. Yeah. So I would love to hear from people. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, thank you so much again. And I hope we will speak again very soon. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute joy. So that's this week's episode done. I really hope you've enjoyed it and it's helped you in some small way. I listen to loads of podcasts and I've learned so much along my journey and now know I'm a real auditory learner. And if you're the same and you're often inspired by listening to thought-provoking conversations, please don't underestimate the power in sharing it to ensure other people can also be inspired. Not only does this help your friends, but it also lets the host know how beneficial the episode has been to them. It's such a quick thing to recommend a podcast on your social media, but it means the world to us and helps more like-minded people join in the conversation. So simply screenshot your phone and share the image of this podcast by text or on your social media to someone you think who needs to hear it. And the power of a recommendation really does work and creates a ripple effect for all those involved. Also, I've got a Facebook group called the Ambitious Mums Wellbeing and Lifestyle Chat. And my aim is to create a safe space to discuss any of the topics that have been mentioned in the episodes moving forwards. I'd really love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening and see you back here for the next episode. Mm -hmm.